Welcome to the Nostalgia Test Podcast, the show where two longtime friends put their mainstream pop culture past to the ultimate test, the Nostalgia Test. It took me 45 minutes to find parking because Astoria uh, is now, you know, party capital of the world. Can't wait until they shut down the bars. Yeah, after I told you, I would like, when I was like, oh, I just got to Queens, it took me 40, 40 minutes from that time to find parking. Mm. So I'm sitting here with the entire transcript to Strategic Grill locations. Where did you get that? Because I was looking and, I, you know, I got a mix of quotes. I mean, they're pretty much a lot of the strategic grill but because there are jokes missing on the one on spotify because they remixed the whole thing oh it's definitely there's one that i was like something missing here yeah i just i was looking at some movies like like some of people's like favorite quotes i'm like that wasn't on it i didn't hear it yeah i know i know well hey you know here we are again (laughs) hold on hold on let me let me do this right because my phone if you see my phone this is what it looks like right now so I can't really see anything. Manny, what is, is happening? What, what is Oh, happening? my phone dropped. <laughs> my phone dropped the other day. You because you uh, have a zero case, man. You need no. A it's, real this case. case is a good case. What is that? It's a good case. It's a good case, dude. Is it not, is none, it of the, none of the cases, bro. None of the cases Otterbox. do. No, bro. I've had yeah. an outer box. Nothing is Manny proof. I even have a life proof one and I'm like, I need to be the testing subject of all these cases because nothing has ever lasted. You're doing um, something. It's like you're throwing your phone down like five flights. No, you know what happened? This actually landed on a screw How? like that. It just fell on a screw. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> instead you, of one time it was in a life, proof, no, an otter box yeah. and it fell on an outlet. So the outlet was, up above the where the outer box bounces off so it fell in the middle and it cracked the screen so i was like do i get like a free you know hey otter box we're talking to you all right do we get a free case here do i get a free otter box case otter box we're getting we need manny needs a free case he broke his i need a free case i want to be a tester i want like they they've got to have people that are like what is your lifestyle like let me what tell you. Man, what is the Manny lifestyle? That's this one broke because it fell off of the brew table and then it fell onto, I guess, the screw or something. Because it started way back up here in the corner yeah. and it slowly came down in the middle. So now I just look like, you know, when I'm texting, I don't see some of the things that I'm texting, which doesn't matter anyway because I can't spell for shit. So it all looks like bad anyway. Uh, I do have someone coming to replace it on uh, Wednesday. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Nostalgia Test Podcast. This is Cell Phone Talk with Manny and Dan. That's right. Uh, I'm Dan Dissinger here in LA. My co-host Manny Coelho there in New York. Manny, how are you doing? Besides going on, besides my cracked phone, uh, you know, living life in COVID style, living with masks, talking about masks. My whole life is just talking about masks and making people wear masks at my... uh, Tasting room. It's great. I can't imagine. Great. But it's good. You know, at least you're open. I love that. That's all people are really talking about right now. Instead of just actual conversations. And yeah. then it turns into like a whole other thing. So yeah. wear, wear sunscreen, wear a seatbelt, wear a mask. Sun, science. All three things just do. And, you know, <laughs> if you need an escape from life, I suggest listening to Mitch Hedberg's first album, Strategic Grill Locations, which is the focus of our conversation today. We are going back to... 1999. Yes, we're going back to 1999 to revisit Mitch Hedberg's first album, Strategic Grill Locations. And Manny, before we even get into Mitch Hedberg and a little bit about Mitch Hedberg and just a little bit about this album, this is an album that you and I definitely was such at the center of our friendship, our ex- like experience with stand-up comedy. This album meant everything to me. His comedy has meant everything to me. It's unbelievable to kind of go back and listen and really break into it with you. You know, what kind of thoughts you have about uh, strategic grill locations or memories, you know, before we even get into Mitch Heberg and who he is and everything for our audience. So, so you held back on the, on the facts, which I'm happy about for yes. a moment because, yeah, dude, 
First of all, I want to thank you for introducing me to this fine gentleman. The GOAT is what I would call him because I remember the first day you came over with this. Was it a CD? It was a CD. Yeah, it was something. a CD. How did we start listening to it? This was, it was a, a the first time I got it. It was a burn CD. Yeah, yes, it was a, a burn, burn CD. CD. One track, one long track, one burn track that was like about 70-something minutes long. Um, and that's how I first heard this album. Yeah, I, I still remember where where it was when I first heard this album. We were we were um, actually you want to hear it? This is not, this is what I recall is that, and this might have been blended together with something another night, but we were playing Rocky on one of our game systems that I got, and you put this on in the background, and it blew my mind. Like at first, I was like, "What is this? What are we listening to?" Even had that skip. Remember it skipped. And I thank you for like, this definitely reminds me of our friendship. We talk about it all the time. We quote him all the time. I was so happy that we could do this episode because, you know, I knew where I was going to, where this test was going to go and how I was going to end up anyway. Uh, But I was happy to do this one and go back and listen to the original because now I listen to like essentials on Apple iTunes when I do want to listen to Mitch and it kind of mixes all the different CDs, even the one that was released after his passing. But dude, if people haven't listened to Mitch Hedberg and don't know who Mitch Hedberg is, they're missing out on a, a great, I guess, just a different way of looking at stand-up comedy. And I, I, unbelievable. Yeah, I love him. I remember first hearing this and it blew my mind. I didn't even know what it was. I couldn't believe that stand-up comedy could just be so straightforward because now when I think of comedy, it's very into my, it's really in my face all the time. It's like, you know, it's trying to do several things, make you laugh and at the same time shock you, at the same time push the boundaries of what um, can be offensive or not offensive. And, but with Mitch, with Mitch Hedberg, you listen to Mitch Hedberg and you're just like, oh, it just makes you laugh. It makes you happy. It makes you feel good. There's just his voice and his, the way he says things, the way he writes jokes, just genius, all of it. I, I, and that was the thing. He's such an amazing writer. People, when they first hear this and when, I think when I first showed it to people, they just brushed it off as Mitch Hedberg is just stoner. We don't care. It just sounds stupid. But the thing about Mitch Hedberg is he was a meticulous writer. These jokes went through revisions and drafts and multiple drafts so that he could get the right wording and the right combination of words into his work. And there's a lot of wordplay, really amazing wordplay in his jokes. So you really have to listen to it. And that's why I loved it. And that's why I loved when we would listen to it. It was like, (laughs) almost like isolating us from the rest of the world because everyone else was maybe hanging out or something. We're just like, yeah, 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 okay, sign Mitch Hedberg. And then it's done. Like everyone else is like, what are they doing? Because even when I was listening to this, I started immediately not even thinking, like unconsciously repeating and just doing the jokes out loud. I was repeating and taught, and it was weird. I would line by line, I knew every single joke. And I feel like that was just the thing about Mitch Hedberg was the memorization of his jokes was so a part of his comedy. But yeah, I mean, I remember you telling me that either you burned the album or you were borrowed it from me or somehow uh, you were taking a trip and then you were in the car so and they, they ripped us out of the radio, threw it out their window, which I was just like, I cannot believe that that's the reaction that Mitch Hedberg would get from someone. Dude, I was about to tell that story. My friend, and I'm gonna mention his first name, he knows if he's listening to this, Jeff, threw it out the window because he thought it was crap. Okay, fast forward, I'm sure he's listening to this and he knows. He then realized how funny it was and he repeats some of the things out of that album. Problem is, is that I set it up, it was stand-up comedy, you gotta listen to it, you gotta listen to it. And you know, it was, it's not in your face and you have to let it settle and, let it, and start to realize what this guy's doing. And yeah, I, 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 was, I still remember that when we were going up to Vermont and he threw it out the window. He, pulled, he ejected it and he threw the CD. I was so mad because I think I had to call you again to get it reburned because I was like, dude, are you kidding me? But yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. What a great, ah, man, the CD is just, 
it starts off so good. The wordplay, you know what's funny? The one joke that I really like is the suitcase. You know, I always wanted a uh, suitcase handcuffed to my wrist. And he like explains, he's like, that's not even a full joke. It's a filler. He has like a couple fillers in this album. Oh, yeah. That you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, is there something about sports? He's like, nah, I don't play it. Get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, chocolate makes me happy, I have to admit. Like, what? What? I don't, I know, and it's just, if you love weird language jokes or just sitting there and just being washed over by words, then Mitch Hedberg is for you. If you are looking for a comedian that's going to be loud and in your face, then you might not like it right away. But I do think that when people do give Mitch Hedberg a chance, that he wins them over all the time. I've seen it in his specials when the crowd uh, wasn't into it. Uh, there's a, D, a Comedy Central special where if you watch the whole cut, not the Comedy Central cut, it's much longer. And he goes into old jokes to get the, the crowd on his side. Then he reverts back to new material and he finishes the special off. So he is really, really intelligent when it comes to writing jokes and performing jokes. And he definitely knew how to win the crowd over. And it's a shame that, you know, Mitch Hedberg has passed away. And I think to me, uh, as a fan of his, it was quite the blow when I heard that he had passed away. But, I mean, he did leave behind quite a discography of jokes and a lot of great interviews. And uh, there's just a lot of work out there for you still to kind of engage with. You saw him live with me, right? Yeah, we saw him live once. I think you then went... Dude, I slapped, his, I slapped his hand. Five. <laughs> he gave me a high five. And two <laughs> weeks later, I got a phone call from my friend Matt saying, I'm really sorry for your loss. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he told me that Mitch Hedberg passed away. Mm. And I thought he was joking. I was like, what are you talking about? And why did you call me? He's like, dude, I know how much you like him. And I didn't realize how much I talked about him until that, like that I even got a phone call from somebody I'm really good friends with about a, you know, not a celebrity, but like, you know, a public figure. And that I just had seen him two weeks before that. He was so good. Yeah. He, it was so good. Like, ah, man, I, I missed that. Man, I'm just getting upset. Like, just thinking about it, yeah. what he would have been now, just the, the genius that he was. And, like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know any comic like him right now. Some people have compared certain people, and I, I listen, and it doesn't hook me as much like everything about this album was planned like there's even a part we were talking about this about dane cook a few episodes ago how you needed to see dane cook yeah. and a lot of mitch Hedberg's jokes you don't need to see at all it's perfect listening material yeah. like you said we'd be at parties it would be on other people would be talking they're in the background me and you are focused and being like oh look at this this is when he gets here this is when this happens and he even improvs in the later albums. You know, like the recording was so funny, but oh man, so good. Yeah. Let's get into the recording. Let's get into yeah, let's, how let's, it starts. But let's also, before, before we even get into it, let's give a little fact. So just a little background, oh, Mitch Hedberg. We, oh, had, we didn't get Ladies and gentlemen, we have Dan the Facts Man. Facts Man, he's here. Facts Man, he's going to come at you with how much money this album made, how much he made it for. And, uh, you know, all the other statistics brought to you by Dan the Facts Man. Yeah, so if you don't know Mitch Hedberg, which I suggest definitely finding out about Mitch Hedberg, looking at his work and everything. Mitch Hedberg, born on February 24th, 1968, unfortunately passed away March 29th, 2005, was an American stand-up comedian known for his surreal humor and deadpan delivery. His comedy typically featured short, sometimes one-line jokes mixed with absurd elements and non-sequiturs. Hedberg's comedy and onstage persona gained him a cult following with audience members sometimes shouting out the punchlines to his jokes before he could finish them. Fortunately, he died of an overdose in 2005, but he has left such an amazing mark on the comedy world, on his fans, and I feel like, you know, even past the comedy world, uh, he was such a, an amazing human being to see and listen to. He's just so good-natured. Strategic Grill Locations, which was his first album, the one we're going to talk about, it was recorded at the Laugh Stop in Houston, Texas on September 7th, 1999. The album was originally self-published by Hedberg and sold through his website and at shows. In conjunction with the release of his second album, Mitch Altogether, the Comedy Central label also re-released this album, editing some jokes that didn't get much attention. Though I would disagree with that re-release editing because 
the jokes that they edited out, they didn't really understand that the reaction was perfect. It was exactly what we need. That is exactly the Mitch Hyberg experience. And I know I'm going off track on the facts, but you need to get all of Mitch Hyberg in all the time. The highs, the lows, and everything, because you missed the improv, and we'll talk about that. This re-release was packaged in a digipack. The original release featured a different cover, and the album's length is 53 minutes and 45 seconds. But the original one, without the edited, was around 70 minutes long, uh, if I remember correctly. So those are just some of the facts that you know we have out there. Thank you, Dan. Now... <laughs> Back to the fact that they edited this album. Remember when you said that he was interviewed one time and they asked him when he released it for the internet and it was the longer version, the one that we listened to, they asked, how come you left like jokes that didn't work? He's like, I love comedy, even the bad parts, even the silence, the bombs. It's all comedy. It's Mm -hmm. all about the reaction, no matter it be hysterical laughing or just no laughing like he loved all of it he loved all of it and he wanted to keep it in he didn't think that anyone should edit anything right and not even that mitch hedberg is one of the most unbelievable comedians because he loved sitting in a silence. There's no comedian that I think did it better than Mitch Hedberg. I know some people might argue and say Stephen Wright, really amazing comedian as well, deadpan one-liners. But no one sat in an awkward silence of a dead joke, of a joke that totally fell flat, like Mitch Hedberg. He would sit in that silence, and, and then he would get laughs in that silence. That was the best part. The silence that, was funny. That <laughs> was the best part when, like, <laughs> he's like, there's a show, I think it's a comedy show. He's like, oh, you're like, you came to this comedy show. You didn't even know who this was. And like, he just loved it. Like, all right, you don't like me, but I'm going to get you to like me. Yeah. And that's the joy in it. It was oh. unbelievable. It was great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He, he, uh, he loved so. it. I, I mean, I've never seen like, uh, God. okay. So, I mean, this recording in itself though was so Amazing. Uh, to me, one of my favorite comedy albums as well because of the use of the bass guitar, the use of that oh, music in Chuck, the background. Oh. Don't fuck up the bass, Chuck. Listen, uh, that was the best because it sounded like you basically wanted to listen to this easy listening, you know, just in the background, some bass music going on. It was cool, man. That was really cool. Chuck was improvising. Mitch was improvising. If you notice, and I only noticed this to recently because I was really listening to it and trying to like think, like what can I bring to the conversation today that I never really noticed. You know how he's like, these are the CZ jokes. I whittled mm-hmm. the list down today, right? He's laying out all the jokes oh, yeah. on the floor or on the table. He's got pages of jokes. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, as he's reading, I mean, as he's doing these one-liners, he's just looking at, like, you know, a couple words and then going with the joke. I remember, like, yeah, these are the CV jokes. I thought that was just, like, him saying that. I didn't realize that he probably had sheets of papers just scattered around everywhere in front of him. Oh, yeah. he's doing this album. There's a part of So that album. was funny in itself. Oh, yeah. He just, like, lays it out. Like, here we go. You know, but obviously we couldn't see it. But right. that was the only time you really had to see what he's doing. Unless you want to talk about the zigzagging uh, sandwich, but but he but (laughs) but even in the CD jokes part, he so he lets everyone in on it. He's like, because there's a joke that he does, and then it didn't work or something, and then he goes, he talks about the list bending up, and he can't read it, which is the list of jokes that he's reading off of on the side. He's like, yeah, the list of you know the the list is bending up, I can't read it. And I'm like, what? I love that he's so meta about even his experience. He's just like telling jokes, talking about being the joke teller, and then talking about the silence that happened in the jokes. So you're getting a joke, you're getting his experience as the teller of the joke, whether it bombed or not. And he's commenting on all of it. And it's like, it's such a different type of experience from stand-up comedy. Instead of like being a script and someone goes from the beginning to the end and then so polished. There's nothing polished about this. And, and even all the other albums that came out afterwards, the two others, not polished at all either. He loved just being no. on stage, I feel like. What's your, f- I don't want to ask the favorite just yet. Maybe I should. Well, I have some jokes that didn't make it on the album that I'm when I, I went. Oh, like they were in the original? Yeah. 
that I'm like was looking for to hear. And I was just like, why wasn't that on it? One of my favorite ones was the one about the $2 bill where he's like, I saw some $2 bills today. They were for, on sale for $8. <laughs> Something went wrong there. And he's like talking about how like how he misses a two because he could break a two. Dead silence in the crowd. Everything says it. And it's just like, uh, and then he just makes that comment. He's like, if the jokes go down, Chuck, just pick it up, whatever. Like, <laughs> but he saves that joke with a joke about the bombing of a joke. And that's why you can't edit his work. You can't edit Mitchenberg. It should be one track all the time because his joke bombs and then he, he makes a joke about the bomb. And that's what's so funny. Every time I see a $2 bill, I'm like, I could break it too. <laughs> like it's such a great that was just a great joke and i actually have a two dollar bill uh in a tip jar at the brewery that like one day i was working me on the bar and i got three two dollar bills handed to me by different people that is and i was like well well one of these is staying here yesterday actually somebody asked if they could take the two dollar bill because he had two dollars and change he's like if i could break this too can i take it i was like absolutely fucking not I was like, first of all, I don't care if you go break it too. I was like, you're not taking that $2 bill. You, that thing's been there for a year because that day I got three $2 bills. Who has three $2 bills? And um, I, I still remember that joke. Like, I was like, oh, that's the joke. Yeah, and it's not in the one that you, you downloaded. It was like from like iTunes. It's not in there, the edited one. That's why I don't know how you could find the raw version of this one because I, I looked at some everywhere. jokes that you should not get rid of. Like, that's a good joke. That it's a good. great joke because it's so bad, but it's so ridiculous. Good, but it's so Mitch. I still do that with all my other friends that I got into Mitch Everett. I could break it too. I missed the two. I could break it too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's things that you don't think that are weird, but then they're super weird. But the genius of that joke is that it set up an improvised joke right after it. And he was able to capitalize on it because Mitch Hedberg, he loved comedy so much that perfection wasn't in his way. Like he wasn't there to be perfect. He was there to have fun. He was there to make sure the crowd had fun. And if it was at the expense of a bad joke and him making fun of his own joke, then, I mean, he does that again early on. He, when he did that joke about the, uh, the frozen banana, I think it was. And then after the frozen First banana First of all, joke, that's not a bad joke. And that's, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say like the frozen banana joke is great. We'll talk about why that joke is amazing. But I love that. That's one of my favorite jokes. I mean, is it I'm right after that it, joke? Go ahead. Is it right after that joke when he goes, some guy asked me if I wanted some cherries, and I waited to see if he was going to say tomatoes. <laughs> cherries just... And then he totally stops in the middle of the joke. You're like, that joke's just ridiculous. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, he's like, that's a carbon copy of the other joke, just with different ingredients. And, and that was the best. That's the best thing <laughs> Dude, there's one that didn't make it in, I don't think. The one that says, he, he's like, if you lose your wallet, it's hard to dance. Oh. Hey, I lost my wallet. This song is funky. Fuck it. All right. Yeah. That's just not good, boy. This is called, this CD is called Hit or Miss. Like, <laughs> nobody, jo nobody got that. And I understand it. Because if you're at a bar or something and you lose your wallet, and you want to get, you still want to have a good time. All you're thinking about is that you lost your wallet. And I thought that was so funny. How that joke didn't kill. It was, I, I mean, was like, why? All you need is one person to have a wallet. And like, yeah, I get that. Like, how, like, if you've lost anything, like, now you can say your phone. Like, oh, shit, where's my phone? Oh, man, this song's awesome. Like, you, when you, I think the, the thing about Mitch Hedberg, which is why he's so genius, is the simplicity. When people go, like, Okay, that was so difficult. It went right over your head. Mitch's simplicity, people aren't ready for it. They're just like, all right, comedian, I'm here to see something, get like, try to understand this joke. Do I get it? It's so real life that people are like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Like, and all of a sudden, you, it takes a second, and it's like, oh. But over time, when you hear it, like Mitch Heber, like his work just marinates in you, like in a way that you're just like, it just infects your brain. I mean, I used, when I was living in Colorado, and I was doing, poetry mics, open mics. Now we're going to go deep into my life. And as a poet, I used to sometimes open with a Mitch Hedberg joke because poetry open mics are so weird sometimes and everyone is so serious that I was like, we need to break this up a bit. So I would walk up to the mic, do a Mitch Hedberg joke, usually sometimes the one about the banana and like, you know, a yellow banana means oh, the color on a banana. Such a good joke. Such an amazing joke. And I do that 
and then go, all right, so I'm going to read my first poem now. And everyone was like, what is happening? I mean, his jokes are poems. His jokes were perfectly tightly written, just in a way, just poetry. That joke, the banana joke, and I'm going to, I'm going to, let me recite it, please, if you don't mind. But on traffic light, green means go, yellow means stop. No, sorry. Let me <laughs> read, read it again. On traffic light, green means go, yellow means yield. But on a banana, it's just the opposite. Green means hold on. Yellow means go ahead. And red means where the fuck you get that banana at. Great joke. What a great joke, man. I love that joke. That is one of my favorite jokes that he says. And the best part, too, is how he says it. He did sound stoned, but I don't think he was, in my opinion. I think that was his whole thing. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, he, he obviously he died of an overdose and stuff, but I feel like he knew how he needed to be, like this laid-back guy. Maybe he was stoned. I don't know. But maybe he was just, that's just how his demeanor was. This is how it has to be on stage. And the way these jokes work is so chill that you're like, oh, is he stoned? I'm not really sure, but he kind of sounds like a stoner. But is that the joke and the ironic that he's playing with us, that he's not really stoned, that he actually is thinking like he's doing this on purpose? I don't know. Yeah. Do you think? You know, it was funny. When I first started listening to him, I was just like, yeah, this guy's a stoner. This is stoner comedy. At, at some point, it was only this album. So, I mean, we were listening to it all the time. I mean, there was nothing else out yet. I mean, <laughs> it was just this. And this wasn't even officially out. So we were literally just listening to this album over and over and over again, even through the skip with the sponge joke. But you don't have... Ugh. Yeah. But after a while, I didn't try to... I was like so not trying to figure out if he was stoned or drunk or whatever on stage. And I was just like, whatever he is, whatever he's doing it's working because his work was just so clear. You know how like you listen to some bands and people are like, oh, they must've been really high when they wrote this song. And I'm like, yeah, but that would really kind of, to me, kill the idea of like how awesome that song is, right? Like a band that like, I love like Pink Floyd. And I was like, oh man, they must've been really high when they wrote those songs. And I'm like, have you listened to how intricate they are? I don't know if you can layer that many guitar tracks onto that song and not be in, inside your mind and body. So I feel like with, with Mitch, <laughs> it's, I feel like with Mitch Hedberg, I'm like possibly, but at the same time, the craft of writing in his life, like how seriously he took the craft of writing, and that's why his jokes are this way. And I feel like his speech pattern is just like what he sounded like in many, many ways. I mean, he's from the Midwest, I believe. So I think the way he spoke yeah. kind of like matched that. So, uh, Dude, yeah. A snake bite emergency kit is a body bag. That wasn't on. That Didn't they take that? Was that off the edit? No, that one was in there. That was oh, in there. okay. Maybe. See, see, so many jokes happened that I forgot what was even on the edited version. You saw, you saw This one writing. wasn't. Ready? This one wasn't, and then this is how he follows it up. Onions make me sad. A lot of people don't realize that. When I'm cutting onions, I'm sad because just the plague of onions, it's very sad. A lot of people don't realize it's actually kind of, they think I'm just reacting. And then he's like, so that bomb. He's like, <laughs> fuck. He's like, fuck. This CD is going to is gonna be full of jokes that were better in a year. <laughs> what? Yeah, but there's a joke that they took off. I believe that was so good that I was just like so angry that they took it off the album or maybe I missed it. And it was just like, if you boat a lot, you're known as a boating enthusiast. I like to boat, but I just don't want to be referred to as a boating enthusiast. Oh, they call me a guy who likes to boat. <laughs> like, if you don't understand how funny that is, then then... I don't know. Maybe you're not enjoying life because that joke is perfect. And I feel like with Mitch Hedberg, he wants you to enjoy life, everything around you. His jokes make you want to enjoy. And I haven't listened to actually Mitch Hedberg in a while. And, I, you know, obviously with everything happening in the world, you're feeling down and feeling like, oh, my God, that, you know, what, what's going on? Like how are we getting past everything? 2020 is such a dumpster fire. But then you go to Mitch Hedberg and it's like, okay. I could find the good in the simple everyday items that are even around me. And just like the joy and simplicity of life in general and not have to try to 
I was shocked myself out of here, out of the system with something so extraordinary where like everything about him was like, let's look at the ordinary, the ordinary for a minute and find joy and comedy out of that. And we could do it together. I mean, he was so, that, that's kind of how like, every time I listen to Mitch Heiberger, it just makes me smile immediately hearing his voice. Ah, it's great. Yo, with the Carmax, no, that was the Colesaw highlighter. Was that part of this one and the other? I think that was on another one. Other one. I didn't realize that there was this one about tanning beauty tricks. No, that yeah, joke they, did they, not. they didn't like, that's it. He's like, that's a dumb joke. Man, fuck. He's like, I think I'm doing open mic for the CD recording. Fuck, <laughs> that's right. Any joke that doesn't work, Chuck wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like, he got. He like digs himself into a hole and finds his way out of that hole. And that's what, I don't know, that's the genius of Mitch Hedberg. I mean, total genius. Have you ever met other people that listen to Mitch Hedberg that, you know, you just didn't think that they listened to him or people that don't like Mitch Hedberg? First of all, no, I haven't met anyone that doesn't like him. I have met people who don't know of him, Mm -hmm. but I am shocked or there's like a, great feeling like you know i guess i mean i listen to howard stern and you know there's like oh baba booey baba booey and like people like kind of get a thing yeah. well mitch hepburn fans you find them out because there's something that happens in life and then there's a quote then all of a sudden you're like oh wait you like mitch Hepburn? like and everybody repeats the quote at the same time like when there's something that happens i have a bunch of friends uh, friends that own a coffee shop next door and I was listening to this album as I was walking into the coffee shop. I was like repeating it out loud because I just couldn't hear myself. And they finished it. They fin- I'm like, they're like, you listen to Mitch. I was like, it's just so cool to see how many people know, like that you're not really sure of that know him. Once they know you, you know him, all you do is go back and forth on the jokes because some jokes are so quick. And such like great one-liners that you could just go back and forth for about a you know a half hour, and then like you're talking about something else, and then like you'll pull out a filler or like you know, I got I got ducks outside, and they all want sun chips. Like what? It makes me want to listen to the rest of the albums after listening to this. This album though, it brought me back to that time in the basement. You know, mm-hmm. the day that you brought it over, and how I think we listened to it twice. That's quite true. Um, it's quite possible. There's because only- of like, you had to listen to it to be like, what did I miss? There's so much that's going on in this album. Mm-hmm. So much, dude. I like to play blackjack. I'm not addicted to gambling. I'm just addicted to sitting in a semicircle. <laughs> I mean, and then the thing is, like, you can imagine yourself in that moment. See, now when I listen to him, I'm just like, for some reason, my brain imagines him as this animated figure doing his jokes. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Something happened to my brain where, like, all of a sudden, as soon as I start hearing Mitch Hebert's jokes, I imagine him as this animated cartoon and his jokes are happening to him. He's, like, walking through his jokes as, like, this animated figure. It's funny you say that, like, listening to it twice, because I believe, yes, we definitely did that. But Mitch Hedberg's comedy has to be listened to more than once. And even when you listen to it, you forget a joke because he says so many jokes. There's not a moment where there's not a joke coming to you. There is almost zero setup. There's no segues. It's just, like, one joke after another after another, and you're just there listening. And the one thing I love about comedy albums is, like, audience reactions and i feel like mitch hedberg's audience reactions are some of the best reactions because he never gets almost a whole audience all the time laughing at the same time it's always like certain people get it and they lose their ever-living minds there's that one girl that's in this album that <laughs> should have been mike she sounded like she was mike <laughs> she she was a lot of the time and you almost laugh at her reaction. It's also funny when you hear when she gets the joke. Like, he says it, and there's like, he's already moved on to another joke. <laughs> and she's laughing later. It's like, oh, I just got it. It was yeah. it's so good. Yeah, so like, good. Your brain is catching up to the things that he just said, because you really don't 
believe that it's going to be that simple. You're, you're kind of looking to try to solve a puzzle that's not there. But then sometimes it is because there's that joke about, you know, I haven't slept for 10 days because it'd be too long. Oh. And at first you're just like, what? <laughs> and then you're like, oh God, oh my God. And it's like clever wordplay, but it's so well written. I mean, it, you have to be a good writer to be a good comedian. I think sometimes now we don't get that. I think right now there are amazing comedians that are amazing writers, but I feel like sometimes we are getting comedy that's doing something that's much more about shock and the writing isn't, isn't strong. You're going to miss the, you know, the mark on that. We're like, Mitch, if he does miss the mark, he's ready right behind it to save that bombed joke with another, with a freestyle improvised comment on that joke, you know, but because he's always writing, he's always in his head writing, always thinking. And I feel like because he has that type of brain, this album being his first album is super strong. It's, and it's like evergreen. These jokes don't age. They they don't age. They're just about things that happen last <laughs> unless so, things like disappear the like there's the no bananas ever again we never this you know, is the greatest on. one another filler <clears throat> where <laughs> i used to be a hot i used to be a hot towel roofer yeah i remember that day like, what i used to be a hot towel roofer i remember that day and you're like okay it, it was just it's so subtle or like um was it severed foot is the the perfect stocking stuffer <laughs> that is one of the greatest jokes written of all time i mean i couldn't even think of it i couldn't even think of that ever i mean there are days i would play this in my class the you know teaching or my students are coming into class and i have like a mitch hedberg album on just because i would watch my students react to it they're just sitting there going what is happening because it's not comedy the way they're used to it's just clever wordplay, odd observations, and just fun. And I think that's the other thing, and I said it before, it's fun. Mitch Hedberg is all about fun. It's all about having a good time, and you need that balance. You know what I mean? Like, like at the same time that I was into Mitch Hedberg, I was getting heavy into Bill Hicks. And you have oh, the yeah. total opposites. Bill Hicks in your face. I wouldn't even call him a shock comic. He's not. He's in your face, social commentary, super smart, screaming at the audience, just unreal comic. I, I mean, I love Bill Hicks. You know, he's also passed away as well, you know, in the 90s. And then at the same time, I'm listening to Mitch Hedberg. And I feel like you need that balance. You can't be all one thing. It's an impossibility, right? Because if you're all Mitch Hedberg, you know, you start talking like him. I remember like when we listened to it all the time, we start speaking like him. Oh, speaking uh, exactly like him. I used to quote it to people used to say, you sound exactly like him. That's what you do. Yeah. You take on that, the way he speaks, the, his yeah. cadence and everything. Yeah, like, but then you get right in their face about it because you go, well, you know, I'm a mumbler. I mumble a lot on stage. Oh. <laughs> It's like, because you have an answer for them. Like, even if they say something. My so, friend can't like, hear me. <laughs> he says, what? So I'll say it again. He still can't hear me. He's like, what? And really, it's some insignificant shit that I'm saying. So now I'm screaming, that tree is far away. Oh, my God. <laughs> the first you time know how many times I use that line because I'm a mumbler? <laughs> there you go, right? Like, because you need to. Like, you know, even with the Dane Cook, like, when we were talking about Dane Cook, it's that thing about like punching, punch you in the face, like things like punch everybody yeah. in the face. Punch me in the face. <laughs> it's funny when a comic and their work starts to really become part of everything that you do. So that when people say things to you, and I do this all the time, like I pull a, a joke from a comedian out of the air and I'm like, oh, it reminds me of this joke here. And, and that reminds me of this joke from this comedian. This reminds me of this joke from this comedian. And, and it's like, obviously I'm listening to comedy all the time, but it becomes so much a part of your everyday because you see it in your everyday. And I think that's what makes Mitch Hedberg so good because you, there's nothing that he's saying that isn't, doesn't have a little bit of truth behind it, you know? And, uh, and that, no, it's every day, so it's everything, everything about it. Like there's so much, like I, I'm looking at all, all my favorites, but they're all so good. Like I can't even, 
pick what my favorite bees like koala bears is the cutest and best fish in my oh my god especially with koala bears oh when i open the door koala bears scattered <laughs> oh my god i know he i don't want to i want to hold you and pat you on the back of the head like what are you telling what do you say i know i bought I'm... an pump. them fellas didn't grow shit <laughs> i mean even the way he opens the album what's funny about the way this album opens is that and we're jumping all over the place but whatever it's mitch ever it's that yeah. like immediately he starts talking about making the album that's the joke sure. he's already telling jokes people don't know that it's happening to them that they're getting jokes and they're just like all right this guy's up here waiting to tell jokes and he's just like these are the CD jokes, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he starts talking about how funny that is. The best part about that is he does that again. He revises that whole thing in some way for the second album and Mitch all together. Mm-hmm. When he talks about like how, oh, we're going to wait uh, some people in the bathroom before we start recording. But then he goes, can they hear us in the bathroom? And then he goes, oh, these are the people here. And he, he uses every second for comedy. Every, every. second for comedy and and that's what i love about being an audience member of his albums or when we saw him live is that he knows the people are there to have a good time so i'm gonna use every second to make sure that they have a good time so every second is for comedy remember the joke about him being blocking the fire exit oh my god and he's like put a put a dash and my name after it he's like that's what i want to be remembered as a dash if you're flammable and you have legs you're never blocking a fire exit you can put a dash behind that and put my name after it. <laughs> he has so many dashes. He gave it to me as a gift, one of the, the quotes. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, absolutely. He's so good. everything. I mean, that one, I love that other joke he does, you know, from, uh, from this album about the, um, you know, I was in a park and I saw a kid flying a kite. He was so excited that his kite was in the sky. I don't know why. That's what they're supposed to do. Now, if he had a chair at the other end of that string, I would have known. Imagine trying to fly a chair. You have to run like a motherfucker. <laughs> seeing it though, seeing the words down and looking at it, he's like, oh my God, this man wrote this. He sat there and he wrote this joke. I mean, he, he literally sat there and wrote that joke and then revised whatever it is. Or, and then he has the filler, you know, not, you know, before that, like popsicles are for the summertime. <laughs> what does that even what? mean? What does that mean? He's like, spaghetti. And they're like, what? Spaghetti. I can't eat spaghetti. No matter how hungry I am, 1,000 of something is too many. (laughs) But I mean, the pop, yeah, it's so ridiculous. But the popsicles one, I'm thinking like, that doesn't make sense. But of course it does. Because think yeah. when do you eat popsicles? You never get them for the winter or anything. No. Now I live in LA. It's year round. I'm eating. I, I'm eating ice pops. But I mean, you know, when I was a kid, you don't get popsicles until it's summertime. That's no. It. But they're around all the time. But you never talk about it until summertime. Yeah. No it's one's great. getting you popsicles. You know, they're not saying have popsicles. They're like, oh, you know, you can only have popsicles because it's summer. And what I love about that joke is because it's true. It's absolutely 100% true. I never had a popsicle when I was a kid until it was summer. And that was, what, two, three months? Once that time was up, guess what? Popsicles are gone until next summer. God. Or if they're still in your freezer, you ain't taking that out until no. the summertime. No, because your mom's going to kill you. Like, if you're a kid and you're like, I need that popsicle. It's like, no, you're not. Like, it's too no, cold. No, for the summertime. Like, too cold. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Ah. Like it's Dude, like, what about snake eyes? That's a gambling term. It's an animal term too. <laughs> what? Dude, right. but wait a second. This is one of my favorite jokes that bombed. Really, like this is one of my favorite jokes that bombed. I saw a soda pop for a dollar twenty in six pack. You know that price fucks with your head because you're gonna start thinking you're gonna sell pop. But with me, that you know, it's like pop, man. It's like, what's going on, Mitch? Not much, man. Looking to buy some pop? It's fifty cents a can. It's not refrigerated. This is a half-ass commitment. <laughs> but it's not like when you think about it. Like when he said it out loud, the the crowd just like, what? And then he's just like, uh, like after that joke, like that joke bombs. And then he goes, 
you know, um, my friend says, you know, I think the weather's trippy. And I say, no, man, it's not the weather that's trippy. Perhaps it's the way we perceive it that is indeed trippy. Then I thought, man, I should have just said, yeah. Like that, and that joke is amazing. So he's, he knows Maybe. how to like line that stuff up. You know, even when he thinks like, this is the list of jokes. This is every joke I have. He purposely, he made an order. He knew the order. There's no way that he just like haphazardly put this together. You know, I, I can't believe that. It's an impossibility. I can't believe it. Bro, you go like this. This is a whole section, right? He's like, as a comedy, you got to st start the show strong and you got to end the show strong. Can't be like pancakes. All of a sudden, the first, but at the end, you're just sick of them. That's hilarious. And then he moves right on to a waffle is like a pancake with a syrup trap. Filler. Then he, <laughs> then he continues to go, I put food on the top of my waffle because I just wanted something to brush off. Like, what? But that's true. I put, I put fruit on my top of my waffle because I wanted to tell them to brush off because no one eats the waffle and the fruit together. Oh. Eat it separately. But then you know all those jokes, all those breakfast jokes are true. Pancakes, yes. you know, they get, you get they, after a while, you're just like, whoa. You get sick of them. Dude, uh. you can't. A three stack or a pancake is insane. It's insane. You have to be ready and willing to not move. For a while after that, yeah, Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, then, it, then it's like I have a cheese shredder at home. That's uh, a positive name for it, cheese shredder. They don't call it by the negative name because nobody would buy it. Sponge ruiner, because I wanted to clean it, but now I have little bits of sponge that would easily melt over tortilla chips. That's where the skip happened in our CD. <laughs> that was where the skip happened. It skipped there, I think. <laughs> Yes, and, and then, then it, we had to played. listen to the joke again. Yeah, yeah, that was one. That's where the skip happened. One of the greatest great. jokes uh, ever written. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, people could tell how excited we are this album. This Mitch Hedberg is quite possibly my favorite comic. Uh, it showed me the fun of comedy, and you know, it introduced me to other comedians later on that were also having fun with words and having fun with comedy and didn't take themselves too seriously. You know, comedy can be fun. Comedians like Kathleen Madigan, I don't know if you listen to Kathleen Madigan, she's hilarious. She's got a great discography of albums. Or Maria Bamford, I don't know. Did you ever, do you ever listen to Maria Bamford? No, um, oh, I've, I've actually like stepped away from stand-up comedy for a little bit. Mm. I gotta go back into it. This, this album has definitely gotten me back into it. You know, mm. I just wanted to say I'm against picketing, but I don't know how to show it. <laughs> I mean, come on, but, but you do, <laughs> but you do that, and then all of a sudden you do this joke. If uh, if you wear leather pants around, people will make fun of you inevitably. You got leather pants on. I like to make fun of people who have skin on their legs. Ah, you're wearing skin. Whatever. That's dumb, there, boy. Help me out. <laughs> Like, I don't even know what that means. But why would he put it in? See, that's the question I have. Like, I know he's, like, choosing every joke, but, like, he had to have known. He's like, all right, that joke's just going to bomb, but it's going to be really great in between the foosball joke and the I never joined the army joke. There's this really weird part here that I'm going to put in there. And it just is, like, such an odd thing when you look at the jokes and how they line up. It's just so odd the way it works. The, is the two-for-a-while joke in this one? It is. Uh, <laughs> What's it? Two, 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 two. Oh, when yeah. I pick up, you'll know it's me. <laughs> two, 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 two. Dude, I, I mean, like, I, I mean, dude, we could go on. We could basically just do the whole album. But I mean, I would say you were just saying it before, like he's just so good. If you haven't heard this album and you've been sitting through this podcast this long, I, I, I basically just watching us recite. Some try to recite and try to have the cadence that Mitch Hedberg has. You need to go, you know, after this podcast, go and listen to this first album and go right to the next one because it's just, it doesn't stop. Even the second one just didn't stop. The Sunshine's one, <laughs> Ducks Eat Free at Subway. What is that? What does that even mean? It's for a duck. Oh, it's free. Oh, I didn't know ducks do for it in some way. Oh my I god. I got six ducks outside and they all want some chips. Dude, first of all, I oh god, I mean, here's the thing. Right. If you've come this 
far in the podcast and you've never heard Mitch Hedberg, just, just like, we're not going anywhere. Stop the podcast and listen to this album and then come back. But, you know, you have to understand, like, this is a moment in comedy time because, you know, before he died, he was right about to hit. I mean, he was really gaining momentum and then he unfortunately passed away. And it's funny because I was looking at videos online and there was this hilarious interview with Nick DiPaolo. I don't know, you know, the comedian Nick DiPaolo? Yeah. Do you know on the second album, Mitch Heiberg does that joke about his neighbor banging on the, the wall and say, just come around. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that joke when he's like play i used to play my music i like to play my music loud and my neighbor would bang on the wall and then i was like there's not it's like, <laughs> there's no door on this side <laughs> won't come around his neighbor was nick DiPaolo. and nick no, DiPaolo, yeah so he said mitch ever used to play guitar in his apartment and really loudly, really badly, and he would knock, bang on the wall. And one day he ended up on, you know, an album. And he'd see this napkin, or someone was doing a set that said, on the napkin, like Mitch was doing a set, and there was a napkin. It said, it was a bullet point. It said, Nick DiPaolo comedian. <laughs> like, no, like that was a joke about him. <laughs> that angry son oh, of a bitch. Like, he made him, he made him. He, oh, oh he, my God. I mean, unbelievable. But, you know, just to say, like, that Mitch Heiberg was, you know, an unbelievable writer, there there was this article that came out about his writer, Tony Bridges, on the blog.penvibe.com uh, website. And it's a whole piece about this handwritten letter that uh, Mitch Heiberg wrote to uh, Uniball. And he wanted to get sponsored by the pen company. I just want to read this and we're going to put the link in the podcast notes as well to this so people can look at it. But he goes, hi, I'm writing to the makers of the Uniball gel impact pen. Unfortunately, I am doing so with the Pilot P500. As of this moment, I have yet to locate your magnificent pen in a store. As soon as I find one, I will purchase one. This is the deal. I'm a stand-up comedian. My name is Mitch Hedberg. I have been on The Late Show with David Letterman six times. I have a half-hour Comedy Central special that is played on the channel all the time. I've made a guest appearance on that 70s show, and I have a very, very small role in the new Cameron Crowe film, Almost Famous. I've done just about every cable comedy show around. Right now, I am on tour in an RV with my wife. Our next stop is uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. One evening, we pulled into a what is that, into something to sleep. I don't know what that is. I had to fill out a registration slip and a security guy handed me one of your gel impact pens to do the job. It was a very satisfying writing experience to say very little. I would love to arrange a sponsorship deal with your company so I could plug the thing. I'd be so happy to wear a Uniball t-shirt on my next Letterman shot. I'd promote the pen anywhere, any way possible. I still handwrite most of my jokes. Perhaps I will be, I will type them more if Uniball unleashes a gel impact keyboard. I use pens constantly. Your pen is it. I've tried buying expensive pens, but none have lived up to the gel impact. So smooth and easy to control. Is there anything we can do together? Would you be interested in co-sponsoring a tour? We could put a large banner across the back of the stage. Gel Impact is responsible for the written versions of the jokes this comedian is saying. I'd be so proud. Let me know what you think. And thanks a ton for reading this. My pilot days are closing in. Um, sincerely, Mitch Hedberg. Sorry about any spelling mishaps. <laughs> what? Wow. What happened after that? Ah, uh, he didn't get sponsored. Uh, but I mean, like, think of it. Like, bro, that, that's that, crazy. <laughs> but he was such a comedian. Like, everything he did was funny. The whole thing. I'm gonna, we're gonna put a link up on the website so you can see it in the show notes because everyone, I think, needs to read this piece by Tony Bridges, and it's an amazing letter. But let's be honest, this letter connects to one of his jokes about buying a, in a $7 pen because he's losing yeah. pens all the time and he's sick of not caring. <laughs> Dude, he even has a filler where it says, I, I lost my memory, but I have ink, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I read that letter, when I heard about it, I was just like, oh my God. I mean, this man, he's a writer. He loves the craft of writing and it shows in his work. I mean, it's, uh, you know, even the last joke about the Dufresne's Dude, uh, I was just about to do it. Go. I was going to end it with that. But first, I wanted to, before you said that, 
I remember you had told me a story too that he was a really good guy too. Um, there was one time a fan was there or two fans were there and they were complaining that they didn't have AC and it was really hot or whatever. And like Mitch Hedberg like showed up to their apartment with yeah. an AC unit. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I mean, crazy. he uh, is, was a true comedian and then he was also in the movie, uh, the um, Dogtown Z-Boys movie as well. He was the guy that brought the new... Uh, yeah, he was selling, them, he was selling the, the wheels. Yeah, he was the kind of kid. Who was the the new wheel. <laughs> Dude, this is it, right? Here we go. You know when you go to a restaurant on the weekends, it's busy, they start waiting lists, they start calling out names. They say, Dufresne, party of two. Table's ready for Dufresne, party of two. And there's no one answers. They say their name again. Dufresne, party of two. But if no one answers, they just go right to the next one. Bush, party of three. Yeah, but what happened to the frames? No one seems to give a shit. The frames are somewhere in somebody's truck right now with duct tapes over their mouth, and they're hungry. That's a double whammy. We need to help. Bush, search party of three. You can eat once you find the frames. That was crazy. What a great joke. I mean, according awesome. to this transcript, there's about 169 jokes almost. Or 169, well... Some of the beginning stuff is not jokes, I guess, but they can be jokes. About 100, I would say it's about 160, 62 jokes. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I mean. It's like, ugh. I could type 100 words per minute, but it's in my own language. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to leave the, also the, the link. Is the fresher joke on that one? No. That's on the Mitch Altogether that's album. That's the Mitch Altogether? Yeah, yeah, which is funny. The title of that album comes from a joke on this album. And what's that uh, joke? It's, uh, you know, corn. If you will say, can you read it without looking it up? Uh, wait, uh, do you know how, oh, you know, people talk about it. corn. Yeah. That's oh, corn on the cob. Yeah, that's just corn. Everything else is corn off the cob. It would be like if you were talking about me, you were talking about me and, Oh, damn it. I can't. <laughs> it's a hard one, man. That yeah. one's a hard one. Yeah. That one's that one's pretty funny really? though. <laughs> He's like, corn off the cob corn on the cob. That's how it comes. Everything else should just be no. Everything else should be corn off the cob. He's like, it's not like if you cut off my arm and yes. then put me and then put it back and say Mitch altogether. It's not if you cut off my arm and you call that call it Mitch and then reattach it and call it Mitch altogether. <laughs> Which is like, you're right. Why is it called corn on the cob? Oh, boy. But, um, oh, man. Dude, I mean, we could go on. This out, so this good, man. He, his observations are so smart. But like you said, subtle enough that you get the joke. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, yeah. And then that's why it's great. Like all the different laughs, laughs mm -hmm. that happen. And who's getting the joke. And there's only, sometimes there's only a few people that get it. But then other people like finally get it. It was Ugh, so good yeah so yeah good. if you ever watch the comedy central special and everyone like there's a guy in the front row who is losing his mind the entire time <laughs> for the first 40 minutes he's the only one laughing the entire time and it just keeps looking at him because he's like oh man where's <laughs> but it's, Yo, but that's good he knows he was doing well because that one guy he's like oh i got him that's i got good. him i need to get the rest of the 150 people <laughs> but um so if I don't know, bro, bro, we got to end this here because, or soon, because we could just basically just keep badly saying his jokes. Yeah, I mean, it's it, obvious. And let people, and let people <laughs> actually listen to the jokes. Yeah, everyone needs to listen to this album. And like we said, we're going to leave the link to the letter, leave the link to the transcript so that you can see the jokes that weren't in the, um, the edited version of this album so you can experience what the whole like, album is. And also just to see it. I mean, the transcription is also a little flawed, but um, just to get a taste of how much of a master writer he is. I mean, Manny, you just read something else. You're losing your mind. <laughs> I think Bigfoot is blurry. Oh. That's the problem. <laughs> the, the it's not the photographer's fault. Bigfoot is blurry. And that's extra scary to me because there's a large, out-of-focus monster roaming the countryside. Run! He's fuzzy. Get out of here.
That is one of the most amazing. That I, when I was listening to that, I was listening to it today, and that joke came up. I was just laughing to myself because it was just, and I was saying it out loud. That, that's why, like, when you listen to this, you're gonna and you listen to it over and over again. You're gonna, you want to say these jokes. You want to hear them out loud. You want to say them. That's why I love Mitch Hedberg, and um, that's why listening to Mitch you Hedberg. You never really tell good. somebody that they have a nice dimple because maybe they got shot by a BB gun. Shut up. Oh, my God. So, Manny. Dude, I mean, everybody knows the answer <laughs> in this one. Does everybody it, knows that does it doesn't pass the test. This, this blows the, the test away. It brings me back to the first time I ever listened to it. It keeps me going. I will not get tired of that album. This album has standed the test of time. It even stands the test, I would say, of politically correctness it's done so well i mean i could go back and see but i don't even think there'd be something like oh can't believe you said that then you know like that you wouldn't say it now but it's so good they, that's not enough said man I, i'm always going to be listening to this album mm -hmm. i'm gonna mitch Hedberg is probably one of the if not the my favorite comedian of all time and definitely up no he is He's what he's my favorite comedian of all time. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Mitch Hedberg passes the nostalgia test. I, I we've been recommending it since the beginning of the episode. This album, Mitch Altogether, you know what is the Oh My Gosh one or say, I forget what the the third. The, there's another. The third one, the like um, uh, after he after he passed. Yeah, and I would say go to YouTube and watch all his appearances on Letterman and his appearances on Just for Laughs. Mitch Hedberg is one of the, I agree, Manny, probably one of my, if not my favorite comedian. He's fun. He's, his jokes are meant to have a good time with. And they age so well. They don't age. They're timeless. Dude, none of this is not offensive. It's just funny. Yeah. It's, it's observational just humor with great writing yeah great setup yeah i mean come on and then that's the thing though about comedy you know how like right now people say you can't be funny these days but I, like mitch hedberg his jokes are still funny and i 100 percent believe that if he was still alive he would be able to be funny because he was always funny and he was pushing the boundaries of comedy in a different way it was not in a way to kind of shock the audience about i can't believe he said that in that way where you get offended um and then you would debate about whether it's offensive or not it was like i can't believe he said that i would never have thought of it that way and, and then you see what he said in real life that was the thing i love about his jokes you see them in real life you see his jokes everywhere you walk around and his jokes are there and i appreciate Mitch Hedberg for that. I appreciate <laughs> everything he's to you. Dude, I just can't stop, man. I can't stop. <laughs> Last week, I helped my friend stay put. It's a lot easier than helping somebody move. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He, yeah. All right, guys. But I mean, we can go on. I'm going to say one more. Go one ahead. more. Final words. Final words, man. Like, my friend asked me if I wanted a frozen banana. I said no, but I wanted a regular banana later. So yeah. <sighs> Thanks everybody. That, Mitch Hedberg, thank you. Mitch Hedberg, thank you for everything you've left for us. This is great. Everyone listen to Mitch. Manny is losing his mind. Everyone listen to Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> Appreciate Mitch Hedberg. Share your memories about Mitch Hedberg on, you know, our Twitter and Instagram. And if you're a big Mitch Hedberg fan, tell people to listen. Because I think more people need to have amazing comedy in their lives that is about good times. And uh, that's Mitch Hedberg. That's what he does. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Nostalgia Test Podcast. Manny, thank you. Good episode. You got it, bro. Listen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to the Nostalgia Test podcast to know when new episodes drop. Don't forget to leave us five stars and a positive review so more people can find the podcast. Share your thoughts and memories on today's topic on our Twitter at Nostalgia Test and on Instagram at The Nostalgia Test. 
Tune in next time because you never know what pop culture will pop up on The Nostalgia Test.